Hello, and welcome to Gamer's Table, a podcast discussion of tabletop role-playing games, war games, movies, books, and various other game-related topics. Be warned, this show contains explicit material that may not be suitable for all audiences. Hello, and welcome to Gamer's Table. My name is Eric. My name is Mike. This is Dan. My name is Jason. This week, we're going to talk about gaming with strangers. We've been a gaming group for a long-ass time. Three of us have been gaming since, like, the early 80s. 1984! Right, so we've been gaming together a long time. Dan, when did you start gaming with us? I was in high school when Brandon and I started coming out to game with you guys. So junior year, I was 17, so, like, wow. <laughs> like 17 years now? One of the newest members of the gaming group would be Dan. There's been other Hello, people. Hello, stranger. Hello. <laughs> 17 well, no, years. Think, well, like, in, our, in Mark's absence, that would be me. But, I mean, Mark right. is technically the newest hour. And that's 11 years. God, that is crazy. Um, yeah. It seems like so much longer. So Deuce is the stranger. <laughs> yes, Deuce would be the, the, the absolute newest person. And seeing as how Dan was a stranger at one point, I do remember the first night I gamed in the basement. No, uh, actually, I remember. Let me interject. The first time I met Jason this same night, we went to a gaming shop. And he proceeded to tell us his master plan of robbing said shop with swords. <laughs> with swords, man. With Come swords. on. So I was going to say, the first time I met Dan, being a stranger, I honestly thought Dan was gay. Not gay as in lame, but gay as in a homosexual. <laughs> really? Wow. I, that was just my first... wanted to have sex with him. <laughs> that, that was just my initial impression. It was we set off my gaydar. So. Fair enough. So anyway... I've told you that before. That's not like no, that's, that's a new thing. No, that's brand new. Oh, bullshit. Is brand I've new. told you that before. You can't remember <laughs> yesterday, let alone 15 years ago. Whatever. Needless to say, homosexual or not, we've been gaming together for quite a long time. But we do have some shared experiences where we have gamed with someone outside our nucleus of friends. Oh, yeah. It usually takes a while for you to really get used to somebody. Deuce coming into our gaming group was almost like a seamless transition. But more times than not, it's usually that person ends up feeling like an outsider until they've paid their dues, things like that. you got to establish a history before you know it's any any type of friendship but what we have is very much a rarity most people don't have long-term game groups because they just don't stick around as long as we have we can't really say as us being the outsider because we don't normally game outside our group but bringing somebody into the group we sometimes have a tendency to run people out of the game or first impressions things like that how are first impressions with anything first impressions when you're trying to come into a gaming group is i think really important do you think it's important to try harder or to back off and with our group if you try too hard you're almost guaranteed to be ostracized that's what i was thinking well you got to be yourself we game on monday in a shop where you really don't have a whole lot of control over who plays. Would that be considered our, our group or our second group, though? I would say in the timeline of our group, it would probably be our secondary group. Because, I mean, because I'm not generally involved. I'm never there. <laughs> right. And I am the straw that stirs the drink. Right? Whatever. But that one's been going on for 11 years. It's well, a, that's all your fault because you're the one who moved away. Well, yeah. I know. We wouldn't have any of these <laughs> problems. If you for you. But we've had people come, come into our games there, and we've got some horror stories we're at a shop where you don't really want to turn away business for the owner. The owner is letting us play there. We're not paying to play there. So when they recommend that somebody come to our game, we have almost a – it's almost like the mafia because if you're not vouched for, then you're not in. 
and you sit down in our game, we look at that person as a complete idiot and you need to go. Somebody with the wherewithal to stick around week after week after week if they're a genuine person. Right, and not a complete and utter dork even by our standards. Some Sometimes when people sit down at our table, I feel for them because it takes a lot of guts to sit down in a group of absolute strangers and start to play because you don't know what they're thinking. If you're just being yourself and you're just playing along, if they're looking at you going, well, when is this guy going to play? Or do I need to upplay myself or my character? The feeling out process is now, when pretty important. Group started 11 years ago, you say. Was that a group of all strangers who all started at the same time? Well, or what, who was who was the, uh, the end people at that time? Who was the catalyst of that one? The way that started well, was... You were that guy. Yeah. You moved to town and you went in as the new guy didn't well sort of sort of it was i thought we had played there even more than 11 years ago the first time we went there was more than 11 years ago it was and, and you're right 15 or 16 we did like but a, then we would have been the street what uh, the way that worked out was a few years before we had gone to that same store mike and i ran co-dm game i remember that and that established us with the owner and a couple of other people there the owner's brother is a friend of ours. He was the best friend of my college roommate. So that's how I knew him. And that's how we got that going. When I moved into town, I called him up and said, I'm living here now. Let's get something started at your brother's shop. The owner cherry picked people he knew to be in that group. Ah, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, how did I end up going down there to play? Because you... It was Brian and I. I think me, Brian, and Mike, all three of us were down. What had happened was I started playing there. You called us and said, you guys need to come down and play. Yeah. They had a bunch of people drop out. Yeah, it had st- it started out. It was me, Mark, Greg, Woodside. You're talking about the second time, not nope. the first. Yeah, the second time. The, the first time, time was just a, I don't even remember who was in that game. Well, I, I played that game. That was the game where you uh, cut my hand off with a, a bullywug spear. <laughs> Sounds like true Eric. It was to terrible. Me. Yeah, it was actually <laughs> true Eric. You're right. But the, now the second time though was to go down and play Shadowrun. Well, yeah, I'd been running D and D there for a while. And then we decided to shift gears and play some Shadowrun. And as soon as I mentioned that we were going to play some Shadowrun, it was you, know, you and uh, Mike and our friend Brian decided want to be involved. Playing with strangers can be kind of weird because sometimes they'll come in and they'll try to throw their weight around and show what a great, and I'm doing air quotes, what a great role player they are and how badass their characters are and how badass they can play their guys. That can be a little too much. It's a little too overwhelming. You're, well, instead yeah. of impressing us, you're pissing us off. I think uh, some people can be a little mousy and maybe afraid to establish themselves. But if you just, like you said, come up to the table and you're a genuine person and you're you're cool about it, then you could probably blend in a little bit better. But right. I remember what Brian and I did that first night we showed up. Brian and I came in with an offering for the Game Master. Always kissing and up to the Game Master. You <laughs> and and we, we walked in and we gave food to Eric. Everybody else at the table, you could see the looks. They were all crestfallen as if, oh, well, we haven't bribed the DM. Now our guys are going to die. Little did they know it was going to happen anyway. Regardless, exactly. <laughs> so, Now, I think they were pretty hip to the idea that I can be bribed. That was kind of a, like I said, a cherry-picked situation. And like I said before, it's much like the mafia where, you know, if somebody vouches for somebody else, then they're in. Uh, I can only think of maybe one case of somebody fitting into our group who was not vouched for. Is this the Air Force guy? Yeah. He was, He and he did exactly what you said. He he was a genuine person and generally a likable person. Worked out great. He got reassigned to 
some other place and ended up having to leave. And Guam, yeah, something like that. Yeah. But we but we look back at him and we go, see, he did it right. And I only got Definitely. to play with him a few times, and he was not just a cool gamer; he was a cool person. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah. I think that has a lot to do with. People are going to get run off if they're lame. It's just how it is. You don't want to hang out with somebody who does not gel with you or your group. So I mean, that's it, why I've have yet to have a really positive role playing con experience. Every yeah. time we've gotten in a game, there's always somebody who wants to. I don't know. They're, they're See, they the, want to show off. It's they want really to do, tough, yeah. man. It's oh, yeah. really tough because the number one thing at a con is that chances are everybody at the table wants to prove how cool they are. The other Which thing is, is ironic because gamers, we're just not cool. Right. You know, right. I mean, we're nerd cool. Not, right. some, some of us are nerd cool. Right. Um, <laughs> the other aspect of con gaming is the fact that you can't hear. Well, and, especially in those giant rooms. Yeah. And yeah. You, can, you almost have to be gregarious to be heard. And that sometimes comes off as being a douche. And when you are indeed a douche, it just multiplies. It just, yeah, it. Yeah, it just amplifies it's, it. It's exponential. I think some people also go to cons just to goof around, because that's what we did that one time in Living Greyhawk when we made all bards. Yeah. All halfling bards. No, we were all halfling bards. Yes, we were all halfling bards, because I remember when we walked up to our queue line. No one wanted to join us. They, they said, what are no, you guys no, playing? No, 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 We, we said, no, we're no. the band. We weren't all halflings. I was a dwarven drummer named Ozzy Wordred, and Mike was uh, an elf named uh, Cloverdale or something yes. like that. Oh, something how do you remember that? What was my guy's name? I have no idea. Must not have been memorable. Nope. <laughs> Flea. 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 <laughs> original. We were being goofy, but when we were doing, when we were actually playing the game, I think that our true personalities come out. We don't over the top game. If we were playing the band and we were constantly singing. Or you know, out in a falsetto. Yeah, just all kinds of goofy <laughs> stuff like that. People would have been like, "What is wrong with these guys?" But we were playing regular characters. You know, it just we just had that one little thing that made us kind of quirky. You became someone's story, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Well, yeah, especially the guy. Who, we were all members. That we were all bards. And the only other person that joined our group was like a wizard. And we, we were like, uh, the, he has to be the tank because we don't fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got I remember that. Bringing up cons, I'm glad that we did that because that's kind of what I wanted to segue into is some of the best role playing that I've seen us do was in cons. Almost every time we game at a con, there's at least one girl at the table and Jason's character always flirts with her. True story. Always. It's one of those things that I think it makes the, the female gamer at the table you know feel appreciated and things like that but there was a couple of times where it was like the boyfriend sitting right next to her yeah that know? was star wars i think and yeah i think so i was playing my prototypical scoundrel and uh yeah he did not appreciate that and i don't i'm not really sure she appreciated it either necessarily but yeah. i think that's because he was getting a little riled a little up. irritated but but uh and i think the other time that i can remember doing this was uh that was at egyptian con i believe she was in a wheelchair how many people in wheelchairs went to a Jumpsuit Con? Quite a few. That was the that was the room that had the slutty gamer oh, hand, nurse handler, handler chick, chick right. for the guy that we couldn't really understand, and she was. I still believe to this day that was a front. A front? That guy was no, that LARPing. guy was that was totally that real. Was LARPing? That was not LARPing. They were LARPing. If he was LARPing, he had to spend a lot of money on a mechanical chair. And you are a hardcore LARPer if you LARP yeah. a quadriplegic. Well, I believe it was said he was full retard. And, and, and his, his entire front of his uh, velvet, maybe it looked like it was velvet. It was actually just spittle. I mean, he was just drenched in spit. These and, things uh, happen. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Brian, I remember the next year, though, Brian was disappointed that we didn't see anybody that was that. <laughs> 
that gamer slutty hot. So. Wow. Uh, more on, back on topic. What? There is a difference between uh, being a stranger and gaming in a con environment where you know it's a one-off thing, probably never meet these people again, and gaming with strangers and trying to get into a game where it's going to be a long-term effort. Yeah, and there is actually precedence to that statement because we brought a, or I, I'll admit it, I brought a gamer into our gaming group you from a con. For him. I vouched for him. Yeah, so I, play, I, I played with him too. I thought he was all right. And what the thing was was in a con experience, he and the guy that was gaming with him at the con, they role played very well. When we brought him into our game, he's playing a different kind of character for one thing. Well, true, but remember when he first started, he was you know I cast fireball, yeah. you know that kind of stuff, and which kind of freaked us out at first. But we also thought it was kind of cool too. Some of us thought that that was okay, but that's because I think you and I. Jason and Eric have a greater appreciation for people trying to be in character than sure. most people do. Right. Because a lot of times when people are acting in character in our group, people look at each other and go, what are you doing? And that's why I think we appreciate like cosplay and things like that more than everybody else because we can appreciate the effort, whereas everybody else looks around and goes, that's queer. Well, I think the other dynamic there, too, is... Uh and the reason he probably seemed much cooler than maybe he really was is because when that Archon game that we played, that Star Wars, yeah. the guy who was running the game, if I remember correctly, was in the top five of biggest douchebag game masters I think we've ever dealt with before. I, I would, I would That's agree the guy with that, that was too. yelling at his toy R2-D2. In the middle of the game. Yeah, it was terrible. It he was, was interacting with a, with a remote control. Relief? No, no, just not at all. Because he was a it would be freaking like, loser. He's running the game, and then he'd look over at his. The, the droid his, would just suddenly, boop, beep, boop, you know, make noises, right? And he'd say, "I'm going to kill you, R2." <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. Shut up, shut, shut up, R2. R2. Shut up. That kind of stuff. Because so. it would respond to voice commands. It would I respond see. to things that you say. If I was that R2, I would just say F "you, Jack," and I'd leave. <laughs> so we talked about bringing them into our group we talked about gaming with other gamers you know at uh at cons and things like that you brought it up then it's a good point jason gaming with other game masters that you're not used to that's really tough it's hard enough when somebody in your established group decides they want to run a game you know if they're not used to running a game then they have a tendency to not do so well but you have a group of people like something that we do and it's almost like a stacked deck where we'll, if we go to Gen Con, four of us will sign up for the same game. Right. So yeah. that person has... It is fun has, to kind of hijack a game. We certainly do that. We will hijack a game. <laughs> we hijacked L5R, what was that, two years ago? We do it for the prizes. They don't really give prizes. Not anymore. They did it at Egyptian Con. They did it at Egyptian... The, the first year that Eric and I went to a con was Egyptian Con. In Carbonell, Illinois. We cleaned up. I think uh, of the... what That weekend we played, what, eight games? Something and I like think that. seven out of the eight, he we and got, I won. We got prizes best for. And see, best I, player. personally, I think Jason is a better role player in a public setting. I honestly do. He likes to put on a show. Exactly. He he'll, he really gets into his character. I'm blushing. Remember the game of chill we played? And you played the, the street, athlete? The, oh, I thought I played a, like a greaser street tough. No, no, no. I'm talking about... Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, Cthulhu the next year we played. You played a uh, athlete in college. I think you, I remember that, yeah. I think I, think I laid on the uh, inner city accent a little yeah, thick. Yeah, and you were... <laughs> and the thing was that you immersed yourself into that character, and that's why you won the first prize at that game. And I think that whenever you're on that kind of a stage, you have a tendency to role play better because you get more into character because you feel more comfortable being in character than you do around us at a home setting because we have a tendency to look down our nose at people who get too far into character when we role play. 
Well, let, I mean, let's not go too far. We're going to look down our nose at Jason regardless. I'm out of here. And that's why when I said that, everybody looked at each other like, what is he talking about? Because, you know, when do we ever look up to Jason? It's true. <laughs> Never. No, I mean, I'm, I'd be hard. Is that a height? Pressed Joe? to think about it. What? <laughs> I'm not the shortest man here. Am I? Yes. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Uh, by a bit. I have a, di- a different angle. You were talking about uh, new game masters. I'm thinking about uh, being a game master with new players. Yeah. Uh, going back to the guy you were talking about earlier, the boisterous, fireballing yeah, yeah. gamer. Uh, yeah, I had a good run with this. And I think uh, what I liked was he brought a new energy to our entire game group. I'll agree He with was that. doing things that none of us ever thought of. And that don't usually happen a lot and it actually made it kind of fun because I was running for someone that didn't know all my tricks and I didn't know his trick you know I've been gaming with a lot of you guys for so long that it's very hard to you know surprise you guys yeah we, we yeah. see we see the setup and we go uh-huh we Eric, Eric actually sees him coming yeah. way more than I do I'm just like what? Well, I think that's level of engagement. <laughs> Shut up, Dan. Oh, sorry. This is not bag on Jason <laughs> every Wednesday. Be, it's kind of worked out to be that way. And I think Deuce maybe has the opposite effect. He does surprise us with new and interesting things, but it's always... Power gaming. For the worst, yeah. Right. The Let's wor- see if I can break scenario. Mike's game. Well, but that's Deuce's fun, you know? <laughs> yes. But at least we can laugh about it. Yeah. Well, and that person that we talked about, I, I agree with you. He did bring in some, you know, some great energy into the game. He still, to this day, has uh, one of the more memorable characters I can remember. You know, oh, yeah. in our D and D game. Oh yeah, um, some yellow sauce. Yep. Uh, it was so quirky. We just tend to remember it for the good right. parts of it. We don't talk about any former gamer more than him, with exception of one, Lucky. Yeah, right. and that was but, another. But that case. wasn't for gaming reasons. But, <laughs> but but he could come back at any moment. Yeah, you never know with him. And, and and I think the other guy that we were talking about, if he happened to show up, I think we'd be like, "Hey, man, welcome right. back." I mean, oh, we yeah, haven't we seen would, him in absolutely. Two years? Yeah, we were welcome. Because he just suddenly quit coming. Has it been more than two years ago? That sounds about right, because it was about the time I got to come back. Right. Yeah. 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 And I think if he walked in right now, we'd be like, all right, good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just... Suddenly stopped coming, didn't call anybody, didn't yeah. email anybody. I think that's how that's how you want to go out, man. Just poof. Yeah. Like a fart in the wind. <laughs> go out on top. That's right. I think maybe he felt like his welcome had been worn out or something like that. Um, he went from playing a quirky character in D&D to a quirky character in Star Wars that really didn't fit well. It didn't really work, no. Well, the mechanics didn't work. For well, what he was attempting to do, he was right. a hut. Yeah, he wanted to right. play a hut, and you know, you it's okay if you're going to play something kind of stationary, you but can't if you're, run and gun if you're a hut, exactly, or just steal everything you can get your hands on and expect to get away. Well, you got right. plenty of little folds to hide oh. stuff. In, <laughs> you know? Gross. I tell you, well, let's because you you alluded to it earlier. Uh, we'll get back to uh, talking about gaming with strangers. It wasn't so much a stranger, but gaming with women. Which yeah. is kind of rare uh, for a campaign that I was a part of when I was running the shop. One of the guy's girlfriends was with us. Mm-hmm. She played every week. And I personally believe the game was better for it because I think having a woman who is attached to someone, not a single woman, right. helps rein people's personalities in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. It keeps things on track a little right. bit. And that has a tendency to happen also when we game with women at a con, people kind of, unless I mean, we've had some rather boisterous women at our right, game tables right. at cons. But for the most part, it, I think it levels things out a little bit. I think just in general, the type of person, if you're a real person, we have a tendency to accept you a hell of a lot faster than if you're some farce. You're talking about the 
having some rather strange women play with it. You know, the the L five R game. I'm right. playing. I'm playing a man, boys. So these boobs aren't. You know, don't don't look at these as. I don't remember what. It wasn't was. really an issue. No, if I remember. no, she was <laughs> disgusting. She was not. But and she kept trying to accentuate him with her fan and tapping her boobs right. and, and things like and that. And the low cut, low cut blouse that she was wearing, it was obvious that she wanted people to look at him. Right. I'm not sure why, because well, they were kind of nasty. Well, you know. <laughs> but I mean, th- I mean that aside, I would still take her over her equivalent male because at least she smelled good. That, no, is, and the, that is the best part. Of and you don't want a man who accentuates his boobs with no, a fan. Although, although a woman that stinks stinks way worse than the stinkiest man. I you don't had know that, that problem at the shop, if I remember correctly, didn't you? Uh, yes, we did. Yes, <laughs> no we names, did. no <laughs> names. But she, yeah, she she gamed with us for a while. She brought bribes, and she brought bribes, and still didn't work. Didn't work. Um, well, getting back, sorry, getting back to that L five R chick. The yeah. other thing that she did that pissed me off was that she corrected me, yeah. which I don't have a problem with necessarily. But I didn't really play L5R a lot. I'm not really particularly familiar with Japanese culture necessarily. It was obvious that she was obsessed with it, the way she was dressed. Not that the Japanese really normally wear low-cut blouses, but I think she had some funk in her hair and some bun or whatever. She corrected me a couple times on stuff, and I don't play a game for you to correct me and tell me about how right. things work. In well, that, that speaks to a whole different type of reoccurring gamer personality. You know, getting really, really invested in something and wanting to show how much they know about it. Right, and I know more than you do, and that kind of thing. I mean, that's its own thing. Maybe she had some sort of like uh, motherly instinct with you. You know, you you were like the child, and you didn't know what you were doing. And she's going to in character. I'm pretty sure I was older than she was. Well, I think you can you can take away and feel good about the fact that after we had completely hijacked that game, she totally lost interest and started talking to somebody at another table. Right. That's true. She was not even with us right. at the at the very end. We totally rocked that game. Well, yeah. I know we did. Yeah. Yeah. My crab samurai <laughs> who had taken an oath of silence. Right. <laughs> so, yes, be warned. If you are a GM and four or five guys sit down at your table and they all know each other, it's probably us. So if your game is, we're going to hijack it. So. And you will be better GM for it. <laughs> but getting back to... Mike brought it up earlier. We started talking about bad game masters and dungeon masters. I think we were talking about it last week. You talked about the Alpha and Omega game master. And then we started to talk about it earlier, the the game where we played Star Wars, where I was flirting with the the, the other girl. That guy was a douchebag. The guy that ran ran that game. That guy was a freaking jerk. Was was that a Living Force game? Yes, it was Living Force. That was the Living Force game. I I thought I was doing a pretty good job that day playing my scoundrel character. I thought I was doing a good job, and he singles me out for being... See, I think... Single my character out, rather, for being cowardly. Well, what I think is, I think he got you and me confused. I honestly think that. That's right, because you were playing was, up like a bureaucrat, right? I was playing a noble who would not fight. And every time we got into a fight, I would hide behind people or I would run for the hills, things like that. And I think he honestly got you and I confused. And that's why he docked you points, because he thought you were me and he accused you of cowardice. And I, I basically, that was my mark moment where I... We had up. almost carried him I out of the room. I blew up. And <laughs> I was, I was going to kick that guy's ass in real Do you know life. how long I've been playing Han Solo? <laughs> I got this down. He had no idea. Had what no he was idea. Are you saying Han Solo's a coward? <laughs> Those are fighting words. Um, that was also the game where Mike uh, came up with the, the game that we play every con. And that's Homeless or Gamer. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, that's right. Yes. That was that guy. That was... Uh, Trademark Cytangent Productions. <laughs> Homeless or Gamer. Homeless or Gamer. The, the ground rules are when you're at a con and you're outside of the con itself or even inside the con, you never can tell. Right. You look at somebody and you, and somebody says, Homeless or Gamer. And then you have to determine whether or not that is a homeless person 
or a gamer. Because especially when you're like at Gen Con, there's people sitting on the streets and things like that. And you're like, is that person homeless or is that a gamer? Because you can't tell, number one, by looks and number two, by smell. And a lot of homeless people, for some reason, at least in Indianapolis, carry backpacks. Yeah. Which is like the main accoutrement of most gamers. I'm telling you, right now, the last year I went, I went sans backpack, and it was the greatest idea ever. Well, you don't have a tendency not to buy as much crap. No, no. We had a Sherpa, and his name was Jason. Oh, that's right. He did have a backpack. That's right. He enabled my... I don't mind. That doesn't bother yeah, me. It was good. It's good. Your stuff. Well, now Sherpa is going to be Eric because he has the... Oh, I have the, the giant backpack. The giant oh backpack. God. <laughs> that you can actually get in. I, I <laughs> six and a half foot, gigantic. three bills could fit in the new backpack. Wow. Yeah. So Ooh, anyway. Wait a minute. So I don't even have to walk anymore. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So getting back to Homeless or Gamer, the, the story goes that... Uh, we were playing that game, and we'd been doing it all weekend. And then we decided we were going to play a Living Force game, and it may have been a it may have been a Sunday game. Yeah, I think it was a Sunday because it was like we were going to play that game. We and then, literally left Indianapolis after that game, and I was pissed off the whole way home. <laughs> yep. Well, we were sitting there playing, and a guy sits down, and the first thing Jason does is this guy sits down, and he's all grubby looking, and Jason leans over to me and goes, "Homeless or gamer." And we were like, this I, is after the game had already been established by Mike at a steak and shake. I believe we were at a right, steak and we were shake. At steak and I am not proud of this game. <laughs> <laughs> you should be, Mike. This is the single this greatest is, thing you've ever introduced to. Uh, this is your like American <laughs> culture. Yes, it's right. not Greyhawk. So, <laughs> so we're sitting there and uh, homeless or gamer. So this guy's sitting down, and I we honestly couldn't tell. We couldn't tell if he had, he just wandered in off the street or felt like found a badge or something and just wandered in and sat down and pulled out like what a half pack of looked like our been chewed. No, I think it was an all. I think it was two whole sleeves of Fig Newtons. Yeah, Fig Newtons started offering them to everybody. Everybody's like, Oof. went all the way around the table. I know I said no. Eric said no. Everybody said no until it got to the girl's boyfriend, who right. gladly accepted said Fig Newton. Right. It's hard to turn down, which I thought was disgusting. Nah, it wasn't hard for me to turn. It, it wasn't down. like he opened up the package. It was like it. Had I, I'm pretty. Been yeah, I think you're right. I think they were already. And open. he just like slid them out. And for I'm all like, we knew, they came out of a dumpster. You guys are a bunch of judgmental ass. You got that right. <laughs> yes, so, we are. So, and then uh, and. As we're playing it, he's describing the, this gentleman is describing his character and uh, the, the description that we're playing Star Wars, and he's like, you know, I, what was it? I was. Uh, I'm a board certified pharmacologist from Starfleet yeah, Academy. Yeah, and, and we were like, <laughs> what? And you know, even in the process of the game, he he pulls out his tricorder and starts. Yeah, and, he did. He did say he, tricorder. He didn't said he? tricorder, and Jason leans over to me and goes, "What game does this guy think he's playing?" <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was a good one. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that is like when we think of people joining our game, that's like the, the, the apex. I think this guy was old enough to be our dad. Oh, too. he may have been older than that. There was another case where we were playing at Edcon and we were playing, I believe the game was uh, Cthulhu. The only thing I remember about that game was I was running in a field and we were trying to get away and they wouldn't stop to let me into the, the car that was driving away. So they popped the trunk so I could jump into it, and it had like a bunch of tentacles in it. That's yeah. the only thing I remember about that game. And I think this was the one game that we didn't win any prizes. And right. I thought you and I had kicked much ass in that game. We had done a great job of role-playing. Most of the people at the table had told us that we had done a great job. There was, I think, one or two people that didn't necessarily agree. Right. One of those people being the Game Master. Oh, I, I, The Game I, I, Master I, I, got to award the prize, which was unusual for everything else we'd done. Everything else, the players got to vote. The Game Master awarded the prize, and he awarded it to his buddy who was sitting to his right. And I right. remember being particularly pissed well, off. Well, what too. it was, was because, and I don't know how this was all set up, because it was like the con itself 
every game had certain games like related or you know prizes related to the game that you were playing and it was the first time i'd ever seen that i don't know if other cons do that or not but yes i remember that now that you're talking about it it was because the book that they brought in as a prize was something that the game master did not have and he he wanted to he wanted that book and he flat out said it (laughs) I, i don't have that book oh my god so his buddy's sitting there He's like, okay, well, I'm going to award prizes, and he goes, and first prize goes to Dick. Dick took the book and then handed it right back to the game master. I remember that. Yeah, dirty pool. And I think I think I actually wouldn't complain. I think I wouldn't talk to one of the organizers and said something about it. Yeah, but what are you going to do and by that it, point? What anything really, they could do about it? Right. And then uh, I don't know. It seems like they. I think we got some kind of a consolation prize. I think we. I think that was the uh, that Palladium King Arthur book that. That, I, that, that book. I, we're no, I think we. About. I thought we got that game. That one in the uh, the D and D game that they. That we did on the first night, and they randomized who won that one. So, needless to say, it's kind of hit or miss, I guess. Yeah, gaming with strangers. I mean, you just gotta be yourself. That's the main thing I could say is, you know, just be yourself. If you if you are unless you're really lame, then try to be not lame. Well, but trying to be not lame is it's hard. It's hard to do when you're really lame. You started to talk about. Was there anything in particular you want to say? Talk about lucky. Yeah. No, it's just that uh, he he was one of those people that brought a new energy into the game. Right. But he was also vouched for too. So it, it, that yeah, wasn't, he wasn't right. a complete stranger. He, he did know Greg and, and, and Mark. Mark right. Yeah. So they had, they'd known each other for years. So he, although he had never gamed before, he started gaming know. with us. He's a very imaginative guy. A little weird on his character he choices. He's a little quirky, a little bit. You know, but then the, the, that was part of the charm was the fact that he, you know, had these quirks about how he played his guy. And he wasn't really a power gamer. No, not at all. He was perfectly content to play the smallest guy in the group you know the way he he didn't power game his character per se with like builds and things like that he felt obligated to have all the magic items sure the first game i gamed with him uh, i remember i was actually playing and he was saying things like I, I only have like this 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 and this magical item and and the rest of us were like well dude i don't have any so yeah. <laughs> he's trying to lay claim <laughs> yeah. to all the magic items it's kind of a misnomer saying that he was a stranger to game with us because he had some people in the group that knew him i've been in on the inner circle for so long i'm wondering how uh, hard it would be now as experienced as i am to try to get in on another regular group yeah because i was actually interested in getting in on deuce's group someday oh, yeah. just to sit in yeah. not necessarily i mean I've, i know his gaming group as an acquaintance i guess you could say right. so i wouldn't be a total stranger yeah but you'd still you're, you're still there's no comfort zone there well you, that it's a totally different dynamic of people with different way to approach their characters different way to build their characters i'm yeah. sure that dynamic is totally different than what we have here the only other experience and therefore it is wrong <laughs> <laughs> the only other experience that i have of gaming with strangers well, it wasn't even really strangers. When I when I gamed in the military, I brought in guys that I already knew them, so that wasn't so hard. But you were turning them into gamers. This wasn't well, it basic. This was it. No, this was at my permanent duty station. So it was, you know, the, these guys I had known for a few months and whatnot. We lived in the same area. So it's almost like living in a dorm. You know, you just kind of bring like, hey, you're, you're a gamer or you used to game or I haven't gamed in years. You know, yeah, come on in, man. Well, how, how did that start exactly? Did you just have your books and somebody saw it or did you put up a flyer or did um, you just start talking to guys about I, it? Yeah, I just started talking about, you know, gaming and whatnot, like uh, had never gamed before. Uh, Rich had he had gamed in the past. Um, it was through Haney that I met uh, and he'd gamed for a long time. But we 
actually sat in on games from other people in the barracks, and that was the lamest experiences we ever had. The, there were two guys that uh, dressed up in uh, Starfleet uniforms every weekend and <laughs> walked, walked around the barracks and then went like to the, the hot dog stand out front, standing in line in their Starfleet outfits. These are United States service personnel dressing as Starfleet you, personnel. Yeah, Starfleet personnel, yeah. That's weird. And it was the it was the uniform from the movies, the, like the like second and third movie. Well, those are kind of cool, actually. I like those with, the, with like the white, you know, not not the jumpsuits from Next no, Generation. No, no, they weren't the jumpsuits. They were the the ones from like the Kirk movies, the giant woolly collars. Right, exactly. Yeah, those are. Bitching. I'm surprised we don't get more military gamers. Trying to get, oh, get in on our games at the shop, right. being so close to that Air Force base. I have a feeling that our game there isn't promoted as much as it had been before. I don't think the people, you know, like the assistant manager. I, yeah, I don't think he's particularly interested in getting more people to come in to, to role play, right? Well, he's kind of scaling. And, and it's that kind of harkens back to what we had talked about in our previous episode, that there there is no more real game stores anymore because they can't afford it. You Books know? are too expensive. People don't have that kind of money. And they don't move off the shelf. Right. So Card card games do. And, you know, and they still do. A, they still have. Yeah, that's really what they that's promote. Bread and butter, right? That and comic books. And, and that's understandable because, well, you know, it's a business. Hopefully the game companies will figure this out. But I guess that's where we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for joining us on Gamers Table. Vaya con Dios. Follow us on Twitter. We are at Gamers Table and like us on Facebook. You have been listening to Gamers Table, brought to you by Side Tangent Productions. Visit us at www.gamerstable.com. Products and intellectual property discussed during this podcast are the properties of their respective owners. This production is for entertainment purposes only. Any commercial broadcast is prohibited without the express consent from Side Tangent Productions. <laughs>